Hey there, future friends! This week, a certain movie rings a bell. We take a trip through the multiverse, and an old nemesis returns. This is the week of April 8th, 2022, and you are listening to the Future Flicks with Billiam podcast. everyone welcome to the show it is that time again and we have an interesting week another week where it was hard for me to choose what the pick of the week was and i'll tell you what after some of the reviews coming in for morbius i'm pretty glad i didn't make it my pick of the week even people i trust with reviews have been saying that you know what it's not as bad as a lot of people are saying but it's also not good so i'm just gonna wait for that film but this week i had a hell of a time deciding what the pick of the week was going to be I eventually did, and I'll tell you my reasoning, which you can probably guess when we talk about that. But let's jump into the show, and I'll tell you what it is we do here. This is Future Flicks with Billiam, and on the show, I talk about all of the films coming out in the future. Not really, just uh, coming out that week. I break them down into two categories. First is the limited release section. That's any movie that's getting a limited theatrical release that I didn't think was very interesting. Doesn't mean they're bad, it's just that the trailer did a poor job. Or, you know, they're bad. Next is the wide releases and interesting indies. This is every nationwide release, every major streaming service release, and those indies that did catch my eye. In both sections, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. But in the wide releases and interesting indies, I go a little further, and I give some thoughts on it, and then I give it a score. I call that the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those films that look really, really bad to an 11 for those films that turn it up to 11, just like Spinal Tap loved to do. I then give you a pick of the week, which says, Hey friend, if you see one new movie this week, this has the best chance of being good. I do want to point out that I tell you about all the movies coming out that I can find out about. As I was doing the notes for this week, I just glanced at last week, and the websites I used, especially Movie Insider, changed the lineup and added two new movies that I didn't talk about. Luckily, they weren't huge, so I don't think you're missing much, but please know that I just do my best. Because oddly enough, even though IMDb has all of the release dates listed for upcoming movies, they don't always put them in their upcoming movies section, which I think is really dumb. But without further ado, my friends, let us jump into the limited release section with a film called The Girl and the Spider. This is a movie being released in New York only. Yes, one of those. What this means is that probably within the next couple weeks, it will get an L.A. release and then maybe get a limited theatrical release or just disappear and go on VOD or out to purchase, something like that. But this movie is about Lisa, who is moving out. Mara is left behind. As boxes are shifted and cupboards built, abysses begin to open up and an emotional roller coaster is set in motion. A tragic comic catastrophe film, a poetic ballad about change and transience. Yeah, that's not like bullshit, right? It's a movie from Switzerland. 
And if you want to watch a super indie, pointless seeming film, this is for you. Next up, we have a film called Viva Maestro, a portrait of the Los Angeles Philharmonic Music and Artistic Director Gustavo Dudamel. This is a documentary, and if you're into that kind of stuff, this actually looks like a good one. I I love music. I love seeing a symphony whenever I can, which is rarely. But other than that, I don't really care. And this trailer kind of made me care. So if it made me, this basic bitch, when it comes to classical music, care even a little. If it is something that's up your alley, I would definitely check this out. But for everyone else, I would say skip. Next up, we have a film called Coast. 16-year-old Abby's life changes when a traveling rock band gets stuck in her small town. This stars Melissa Leo from The Fighter, Sierra Bravo from Cherry, and Cristela Alonso from His Dark Materials. You know what? I, I could see what the creators of this movie were going for with the writer, director, blah, 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 all of those people. I could see what they're going for. But all together, when the package is put together, it just kind of looks like a coming-of-age tale and a rebellious teen movie that just didn't quite hit the mark. Next up, we have a documentary called Ride Till I Die. Three bull riders risk their bodies competing in the sport they love for a chance at winning a championship. For one man nearing the end of his 25-year career, he will continue to chase that elusive title or die trying. So this is a documentary about bull riding. So if you attend tractor pulls, this is probably going to be your thing. Next up, we have a documentary on the other side of the spectrum called Cow. A close-up portrait of the daily lives of two cows. Yay! Because you know what I've always wanted? I have always wondered, hey, when are they going to do a movie that talks about the life of cows? At least from the trailer, it's too early to tell if this is going into it with some sort of mission. Like, oh, hey, we're going to try to make you become vegetarian by getting to know this cow. And guess what? It gets slaughtered in the end. You disgusting meat eater. Or it could just be an honest-to-God documentary showing us the life of a cow. I don't know which one it is. But either way, it looks well shot, but not interesting. Up next, we have a film called Aline. With the support of her family and the man she loves, the 14th child of a modest family. <laughs> 14th child of a modest... That's not a modest family. The 14th child of a modest family will become the most famous singer in the world. This is a movie from France based on the life of Celine Dion. So it's not a biopic, it's just a movie kind of based on her life. But not really, but kind of. And uh, skip it, skip it, skip it. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Agent Game. A CIA officer finds himself the target of a rendition operation after being scapegoated for the death of an interrogation subject. This stars Mel Gibson, from Lethal Weapon, because I guess enough people still support him to make movies, I guess. Jason Isaacs from The Patriot, Dermot Mulroney from Young Guns, Aiden Kanto from Designated Survivor, Katie Cassidy from Arrow, Barkad Abdi from Captain Phillips, Reese Corio from Entourage, and Annie Alonze from Chicago Fire. And they lost me at Mel Gibson. Because remember, folks, when we were talking about people who are canceled and it comes to actors, one of the favorite lines I hear that people say is, oh, they've already been paid. Now you're just hurting everyone else in the movie. I mean, yeah, I can I can see that, but by also supporting the movie, we're still telling Hollywood that it's okay to cast these people. 
But even if Mel Gibson wasn't in this, you could replace this with anyone else and it just doesn't look that good. It looks way too basic, way too unimpressive. So I'm going to be skipping this as should you. Well, my future friends, that is it for the limited release section. Let us jump into our only break as we hear word from some friends of the show and then we'll come right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. Alright, we're back. We're back with all of the wide releases and interesting indies. Huzzah and yay for it is time. Let's start with a Netflix original called Dancing on Glass. When pressure threatens a ballerina in her new lead role, she and an outcast dancer create their own world, free from others' expectations. This is a movie from Spain. And if you liked Black Swan, then maybe this is for you. And do keep in mind, the only reason I'm drawing a comparison between it is the ballerinas and the pressure of a lead role. It's movies like this that I just like to remind you all, hey, I do take suggestions, I do take recommendations, I don't get a lot of interaction. I would love some. So if you do end up seeing this and you think it's good, honest to God, let me know. I'll be here. Or if you have any other recommendations, let me know. Uh, I am pretty bad about watching some of them, but I will start to try and do better. Dancing on Glass gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called All the Old Knives. This is a limited release movie also coming to Amazon Prime, two CIA operatives and former lovers reunite at idyllic Carmel by the Sea to re-examine a mission six years ago in Vienna where a fellow agent may have been compromised. This stars Chris Pine from Star Trek Into Darkness, Thandui Newton from Westworld, Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix, Jonathan Price from Glengarry Glen Ross, and Corey Johnson from Captain Phillips. I wanted to like this way, way more than I did based on the trailer, just because I am relatively close to Carmel by the Sea. With little to no traffic, it's about a 40-minute drive from where I live. Beautiful, beautiful place. A great place to visit if you ever get the chance, because there's some interesting restaurants there, and it's also just beautiful by the sea. They're by the sea so much they put it in their name. But about all the old knives, it did nothing to stand out to me that said, hey, this is something special you should watch. I like the actors in it. It is an interesting idea. But movies like this, especially these kind of espionage spy movies, are so easy to be put on the back burner, to be put in that watch later pile. This could be a very good choice. It could be very interesting and well done. But 
the trailer was just a little too boring for my liking. All the Old Knives gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie from Netflix called Metal Lords. Two friends try to form a heavy metal band with a cellist for the Battle of the Bands. This stars Joel Manganiello from True Blood, Jaden Martell from It, Chapters 1 and 2, Brett Gelman from Lemon, Sufi Bradshaw from Veep, and Isis Hainsworth from Emma. So, I was torn. The first half of this trailer, I thought it looked really interesting because we have these two friends who are watching this metal band play and they're like, you know what, they're not even very good. We could do better because we can play and we love metal. And they get challenged to go to battle the band. So they're like, yeah, let's form a band. We need someone else. Jaden Martell's character, who's the kid from It, has kind of fallen for this new girl, or I assume she's a new girl, but she plays the cello in the band. She's from the UK somewhere, or even Western Europe. I couldn't quite pin the accent down in the first playthrough. But then she starts to come between them, and Yoko Ono was referenced, and I wasn't expecting that kind of thing where... They're trying to form this band. There's this girl who wants to be in it, but she doesn't fit the vibe according to the other friend. And so it's less of a them forming a band to get to battle the bands and more about them just trying to stay together. That being said, it still looks pretty funny. Not like a huge comedy, but just something that'll make you laugh. And it does have talented people in it, so it may be worth a watch one day down the line. But for right now, this is an easy pass. And I'll say Metal Lords gets a six out of 11. My friends, we only have four more movies to talk about, so let's talk about As They Made Us, another limited release movie, and the second to last of the episode. A divorced mom tries to make peace with her dysfunctional family as she finds a second chance at love. This stars Diana Agron from Glee, Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man, Simon Helberg from The Big Bang Theory, Charlie Weber from How to Get Away with Murder, and Candace Bergen from Murphy Brown. This is also written and directed by Mayim Bialik, who you would know from Blossom, and also Big Bang Theory, and one of the many people who should have been picked for the full-time host of Jeopardy. So what this premise doesn't tell us is that Diana Agron's character, uh, her dad is dying, and it's her trying to deal with that, but also find love again, because it, see it seems like from the look of the trailer that she doesn't have a bad relationship with her ex-husband, just they're not in love. But they make it work, and she has all of this to go through, and it looks like a well-done movie, but something that's going to make you cry. If this sounds at all interesting to you, based on the premise, based on who's in it, don't watch the trailer, because I'm pretty sure, if you're savvy enough, you could put together exactly what happens. Though when movies like this are predictable, it's not exactly a bad thing, per se. Think of any movie where either a main character or someone close to a main character is dying, the eventual outcome is usually shocking, but it, then again, it's not about that outcome. It's not about some sort of shock factor. So this looks like it's going to be a well-acted movie, but something that's going to be very deep, very... I don't want to say dark, but it's not going to be light and fluffy. If you get my meaning, dark seems like the wrong word to use for a film like this, because dark usually has so much negative connotation in the sense of bad things being done to people as opposed to letting life happen to you. And I hope that made even a little bit of sense. So let me wrap this up by saying this looks like a good movie, but something to watch when you're in the right mood. 
when you're in the right mindset. If you're triggered by stuff like death of a family member, specifically of a father, I would walk far away from this movie. Because with movies like this, even if Dustin Hoffman doesn't die by the end, it's not going to be, oh, he's miraculously cured and it's all okay. As They Made Us gets a 7.5 out of 11. While my future friends, in the opening when I said a certain movie rings a bell and an old nemesis returns, the old nemesis line could have referred to another movie coming out, which the name of this episode should give it fully away, but you know me, I like to pretend I'm coy. But actually, it's about Ambulance, the next movie in the first nationwide release. Two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. This stars Jake Gyllenhaal from Donnie Darko. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II from The Get Down, and Isaac Gonzalez from Baby Driver. So if you are new to the show, and new to the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, you may not know that we, especially me, does not like Michael Bay. I don't like Michael Bay for a number of reasons, but also, he is really bad at what he does. He has a couple good movies, and the rest is absolute trash. And this one looks like it could be one of the good ones, but his track record is really, really bad. He destroyed Transformers. The first Transformers was okay. And I think people think it was good because of how bad the series eventually went, that anything would look great compared to those awful movies. And I did give them a chance, and they were bad. So this, for me, 100%, I am going to skip this in theaters and warn you to do the same. Because it's not worth the risk. Your hard-earned money is not worth the risk of Michael Bay. I like this cast, and this is what hurts. I think they are good. Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, and Isaac Gonzalez, fantastic. I think they could pull it off. I think they can make a good movie, but the fact of the matter is I cannot support anything that Michael Bay does. A lot of the allegations against him haven't been proven, but if even a couple of them are right, he's a garbage person. So I will not be watching this. I will not be giving him my money. But look, if you want to, if you don't care, if you don't believe that stuff, fine. Check it out. But for me, Ambulance gets a 4 out of 11. And the only reason it got anything above a 0 is because of this cast, and they look good. The final two movies, friends, are the ones that gave me so much trouble. So much trouble in the fact that I didn't know which one to pick. So what we have here is we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And if you know me, you know I really, really liked the first Sonic. It was a good film. It was fun. It was probably one of the best video game movies ever made. Because it harnessed the spirit of Sonic the Hedgehog. And they listened when that original cut came out with that awful, awful designed Sonic. They listened to the backlash. They changed him to look like he does in the video games, like he should have done in the first place. And they released the movie and it was good. It wasn't great or perfect or mind-blowing. It was fun. I really, really enjoyed myself. So when they announced number two and that Idris Elba was going to voice Knuckles and that we're going to get Jim Carrey back as Dr. Robotnik, I was already excited, and then the trailers came out that made it look oh so good. But then, there's more. It's not that simple. There is a limited release movie coming out, an indie movie, released by our good friends at A24, that has been relatively hyped. A24 
you know them. They like to pick a couple movies every year and they focus on that going, hey, this big shit's coming out. You should watch this. And this was one of the movies they've been hyping. And it looks so good. It looks so good. But this is where my dilemma came in. Because my stance, which many of you know, my stance when it comes to the pick of the week is that not just what looks like a good movie, but what would look good on the big screen and would serve a purpose on the big screen. There is a reason a lot of times my picks are a comic book movie when one is coming out. Because Avengers Endgame blew my f***ing mind on the big screen. It would have been great on the small screen. I liked The Eternals on the small screen. I liked Shang-Chi on the small screen. But if I could have seen them on the big screen, it would have been a spectacle. A recent movie I've loved was Sing Street. I've talked about it on the St. Patrick's Day episode. I really like that movie. I think it's a great movie. It is so well done. It is so impressive. But I do not mind that I miss it in theaters. Nothing about that film had to be watched on the big screen. So when it comes to everything, everywhere, all at once, it looks similar. It does look visually pleasing. It looks like there's a lot of special effects in it, but not the kind of big shit we'd get out of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So my choice was, do I pick the movie that I think will be a better quality movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, or do I choose the one that I think is going to be the most fun in theaters and get the most enjoyment out of the big screen? And in this case, my friends, the big screen won out because the next movie and the one that's not the pick of the week is called Everything Everywhere All at Once. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. This stars Michelle Yeoh from Star Trek Discovery, Stephanie Hsu from The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Ki Huai Quan from The Goonies, James Hong from Big Trouble in Little China, Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween, Jenny Slate from Gifted, and Harry Shum Jr. from Glee. This movie looks so good. It looks so good. I cannot, I don't think I can fully express how good it looks. And that's my f***ing job on this podcast is to talk about movies. So we have this plot that seems like it could be ripped off of the pages of an MCU script. But here we are in this A24 fantasy-esque movie where we have this woman going through this tough time and then all of a sudden, this guy shows up and goes, oh, hey, by the way, um, you need to help us. You alone can help us because an event of world-ending consequences is going down. There were a couple scenes in the trailer where Michelle Yeoh kind of harkens back to her Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon ness where she does this wonderful choreographed fight and it looks so good. And what's great is that this movie doesn't seem like it takes itself seriously, but it's also not so goofy. This movie looks like it's super well done. It's an interesting idea that has familiar elements to it, but it presents it to us in a different way that it doesn't feel like we're watching something we've seen a million times before. Have y'all ever seen that anime Millennium Actress uh, done by the same people who did Perfect Blue? Millennium Actress uh, was a really good movie. You should definitely watch it if you never have. But this movie makes me feel like someone watched Millennium Actress and went, I have an idea and I kind of want to do this multiverse stuff. Let's kind of play with that. Because we do see bits and pieces of the lives she could have led in these other universes. 
and she uses the knowledge she has in those other universes to help her in this plight. In kind of like The One, do you remember that Jet Li movie, The One, where this guy is jumping through the multiverse, killing other versions of himself because he realizes that every one he kills, he gets stronger. And so it's just down to him and this other guy. And he has to stop this guy from killing him, but he's so much stronger now because all the other hams are dead. So it's not a great one-to-one comparison, but it does give me that vibe too, where we have this woman who is gaining knowledge from her other selves. The thing is, any other week, this could have been the pick of the week. I am very excited for this. I actually forgot it was coming out. I forgot it was coming out, and then I was doing the notes, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh shit, I remember this. I was excited for it when it was first announced. And now here we are. But the good news is a movie this big is not going to just hit theaters and then disappear. It is going to go to some streaming service probably, or it will have a life in the VOD section. There's going to be a way to watch it outside of the theaters. And it really wouldn't surprise me if Amazon or HBO picked something like this up. This was hard. And and I still am second guessing myself going, should I have made this the pick of the week? You know what? F*** it. Dual pick week. I am announcing it right now. Dual pick week. If you have the chance to see everything everywhere all at once, by all means, check it out. I think it's going to be really, really good. The next movie, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, is getting a nationwide release, so it's going to be much easier to see. You'll find a million showtimes for that. But if you have the chance to see this very interesting looking movie, check it out. Everything, everywhere, all at once gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, it's time for the pick of the week. And you already know what it is, so let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. When the maniac, Dr. Robotnik, returns to Earth with a new ally, Knuckles the Echidna, Sonic and his new friend Tails is all that stands in their way. This features the voices of Ben Schwartz as Sonic, Idris Elba as Knuckles, and Colleen O'Shaughnessy as Tails. And in live action, we have Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. James Marsden from Hairspray, Tika Sumter from Southside With You, Natasha Rothwell from Insecure, Shamar Moore from SWAT, Adam Pally from Band-Aid, and Lee Majdub from The 100. You know, I really shouldn't have gone on that rant earlier because I think I spent my load about Sonic. But the first one was really good. It it really was. I 100% skipped it in theaters. Just because even though they listened to the fans and changed the look of Sonic, I still didn't have high hopes, so I ended up borrowing it from the library after it came out, and it was so much fun. I really enjoyed myself. It wasn't great, I'm still not quoting it to this day or anything like that, but it made me smile, and you knew you were watching Sonic. Not just because he was on the screen, but it felt like Sonic. Not the earlier games per se where he doesn't really talk, but you know, once he started talking and once we started to get more personality out of him, especially out of the cartoons, and then the 3D games when they started doing actual voices with it. It was a Sonic that I knew, and that's what really impressed me. The great thing about the vocal cast for this is I could see why they chose him. Ben Schwartz sounds like Sonic. Done. Colleen O'Shaughnessy does a good job sounding like Tails. I'm not super familiar with her, so it's not like they grabbed someone just for the name recognition. And even though Idris Elba is really famous, and his fame probably helped them choose him, His voice is unique. And the cast, the physical cast, is fantastic. Jim Carrey is amazing as Robotnik. I can't think of anyone else. I can't think of anyone else for the role. Because he fits it so well. 
he may have put his own spin on the character because his version of Robotnik is nothing like we've seen in the cartoons or the games, but it works. It works so well just with the overall feeling of the movie. Early reviews coming in are saying that this is fun but not great. Exactly what I expected and got from Sonic the Hedgehog 1. But this sort of movie is perfect for the theaters. Something flashy, something visually stunning, something that you need the big screen to fully enjoy and something that you can just relax and watch. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to be a lot of fun. And if you saw the first Sonic you didn't like it, Skip this, easy peasy, check out everything everywhere all at once instead. But if you liked it, this is the main pick of the week. A good vocal cast, a good main cast, and a good supporting cast. A fun looking movie that captures the spirit of Sonic the Hedgehog. What more could you want? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 gets a 9 out of 11. Well, my friends, that is it for this episode. Please remember to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars or all the stars imaginable. All the stars you can give me, I would love that. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. Be sure to check out the great friends of the show. We're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa and the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. You can find my link tree in the show notes, but you can follow me on Twitter at FutureFlixPod, my personal Twitter at BilliamSWN, my Instagram at BilliamSWN, Follow me on Letterboxd. Guess what it is? Guess at Billiam SWN as well. You can always email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. If you have any questions or any recommendations, feel free to reach out for me because my future friends, no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.